Hallo und ganz herzlich willkommen auf dem Podcast von En Vogue mit Mom, dem Blog rund um Lebensthemen, die uns bewegen und verändern, informieren, Spaß und Mut machen. Hier begegnest du Menschen, die etwas und damit auch uns bewegen und uns inspirieren. Ich wünsche dir viel Spaß und bleib neugierig. Welcome to my podcast En Vogue with Mom, the blog and companion to life coaching, mindfulness and passion projects. Listen to people who inspire with their minds and with their projects. Enjoy and stay curious. As my guest and um, yes, um, I would like to say a few words uh, before we start about your interesting job. Um, you are working for a very special and interesting Canadian school that happens to be on a tall ship. A uh, tall ship is a category of very big sailing boats. So German listeners might know, for example, the, the ship Alexander von Humboldt, which does sailing training and Atlantic crossings, which, but it's not a school. Um, yes, uh, Class of Load has been existing for very long. So it was founded in 1984, And um, every year you are offering, as you call it, experiential education. We're going to talk about this term later on because it's interesting. And you're offering, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, a program for 70 kids, either for one or two terms. And you travel usually um, through four continents and you stop at around 20 ports. And you do a combination of sailing experience and it's a high school year within the Canadian educational curriculum. So in this interview, um, we are going to deal with two different aspects. One is the learning experience for the students and the other one is your personal experience. And um, yes, first of all, do you think that was a proper introduction or did I misleave anything out that is important? I know, I think that you really nailed all of those. Um, maybe the only thing that I would add, um, You know, Class of Flow was founded in 1984, which was the, the United Nations International Year of Youth, and with the themes Peace, Participation, and Development. And I think that maybe that's just worthy uh, of mention because it does underscore a lot of the, uh, it underscores, yeah, just a lot of the themes that are also present uh, aboard Class of Float in in what I call like the nooks and crannies of learning and just like that the foundational fabric of what is being uh, gained by students right mm -hmm. uh, them understanding you know like harmony living harmoniously um, giving students you know youth agency um, and then also going out and, and doing good yes um, for themselves in those communities. So just like I said, those ideas of peace, participation, and ah, development, okay. I think are really ever-present day-to-day on Class Upload, and they are, yeah, virtues that we just seek to uphold. So, you know, so, and although we call them different things and, and we allow students the freedom to, uh, like I said, define those for themselves, they still do really, like, hold the space, uh, a big space uh, in our program. Okay. So that's the basis of the foundation, which I wasn't really aware of. Thank you for giving us this information. That's really interesting. What I wanted to know, first of all, is how did you get involved and decide that you wanted to sail the sea with a bunch of 70 young adults and uh, spending so much time on yeah, limited space and also yeah, in a, in a very 
demanding environment. So how did you get involved? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think I came to Class Afloat in a very similar way that most students do. Um, I was very drawn to, uh, you know, the adventure and to the travel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I was an early service teacher um, in, in Nova Scotia, Canada, and I had graduated from Acadia University. And Class Afloat holds a partnership with Acadia University. We offer um, undergraduate students yes. uh, the ability to take a number of courses from there. So I had gone through their... Um, after I completed my undergraduate degree, I'd gone through my professional training at Teachers College there. And so I knew of Class Afloat because of this partnership. Um, and I thought, wow, what a great, you know, what a great travel experience. I think that, you know, what drew me to it was, you know, self-interest, to be perfectly okay. honest. You know, the yeah. ability to explore or travel the world. And, uh, you know, I probably didn't give much consideration uh in my initial, you know, application to Class Afloat, I probably didn't give it, give much consideration to the things that have really rooted me in this organization uh, for the last 10 years and held me there. Um, yeah, initially, and I think that's the way that most students do also come to the program. Certainly, we have students that are attracted by, you know, a number of different things, but, uh, you know, front and center really is that, uh, that adventure, the travel, um, you know, the kind of the discovery, um, that kind of like bold, brave, like let's get out there and do something mm -hmm. unusual. So you think the main, uh, um, the basic motive, so to say, to join the program in the first place is um, curiosity and the, yeah, the wish to travel for the kids that attend? I certainly think that's present in every student. Now, um, sort of, Yeah, that, that would be, if I had to like kind of say like, this is what catches people's attention and what interests them and draws them into our program, uh, for 80 to 90% of our students, that would be what it is. Um, certainly we have another, uh, like subset of students that are, um, you know, very attracted to the ocean, uh, and the sea. And so the draw of sailing and, and spending so much time Uh, connected to that part of our earth, right? Our mm -hmm. ocean uh, mm -hmm. is, is very attractive. And, you know, I always say as well that Class of Float is attractive to anybody that's ever sat in a conventional classroom and kind of said, hmm, education must be more than this. And mm -hmm. whether that's a student that hasn't performed well in education, you know, that, that school hasn't been a great place for them, and they've kind of said, like, huh, it's got to be more than this, right? Okay, all right. You know, a, a degree of frustration. Or whether it's been the student that's, you know, high-performing, you know, and, like, just seeking those additional challenges and, you know, very jubilantly is saying, there's got to be even more than this, right? You know, yeah. like, learning is yeah. so, um, is such a satisfying component, but what's next? What's more? And so I think that that, element uh, is, is very present as well. Anybody that's ever said it's got to be more than the books and the walls and the whiteboard or the blackboard, uh, you know. Yes, yes, I perfectly understand what you mean. Yes. So that means that in order to qualify, to be accepted to the program, 
Yeah, that would be also something you would consider as important, as you just said, the fact that you want to have a different environment and that you are looking for uh, more uh, something that's demanding in a, in a different aspect, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would say sort of three, three things can come to mind. A curiosity, you know, uh, for learning and discovery, right? Mm -hmm. um, an adventurous spirit, right? Yes. Uh, would be one. Uh, two is a motivation, you know, like a deep-seated sense of motivation that um, and that motivation is really is what carries students through. Um, and as you probably have some firsthand experience with, you know, just through your own involvement with yes, the program. my own son. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's not always easy. And so, you know, looking for students that are motivated enough that you know that their desire to, to pursue this will carry them through. Uh, those difficult or challenging, you know, uh, segments or, or seasons uh, of or weeks, you know, of the program. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the third one that's quite important is an open-mindedness, yeah. right? Uh, and so this idea of like, okay, not only am I curious and do I want to see and learn more, not only am I willing to kind of persevere through the highs and lows, um, I'm also willing to have my point of view changed. I'm willing to, um, to change and evolve myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so not being so sticky that, uh, you know, okay, I want to see it and experience it all and I'll stick it all out. Um, but we also want students, yeah, that are, are willing to have that kind of personal transformation as well. Um, yeah, in, right. In real life, their own abilities and, and having their ideas challenged and, and possibly transformed and poss or possibly not um, but the willingness to do so the willingness yeah that's right so if you were asked for the best learning experience um, and why would you recommend it to your own child for example or the child of your best friend what would you say mm, well I mean this is going to come off as incredibly biased because I work for this school but I do always say like knowing what I know um, there is nothing that could stop me from sending my child to class afloat, mm -hmm. right? Um, absolutely nothing. You know, I could be, I, I would live on the street, you know, in a cardboard box to get them there. Um, and I think the reason for that is that step forward. Would you, would you say that, that you have um, made the same experience? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think that one of the things that happens is that the staff on board, you know, all this happens, it also happens with this um, interesting and, and important element of, of the dynamic between students and staff yes. is that, uh, like I said, they, they are actually on the journey together and in many ways, you know, are much more uh, akin to, to equals and peers than in a conventional dynamics. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, I myself really know as what well, you mean. Mm -hmm. um, I say that that was the experience. And I think that I often speak about um, the kind of collegial shift that I had with my teachers on board, um, which was one of, you know, we were in one another's classrooms on a very regular basis. 
Um, and we would have the kinds of discussions on, on education and pedagogy uh, that I just don't think happen in, in conventional schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that constant um, ability to just sit with, like I said, your, your colleagues um, sit in on an English class, or even if it's like I'm a science and math teacher, so I would sit on an English class, or sometimes it would, again be in, in similar disciplines to what I was teaching, um, and then go back and, and debrief that with my colleagues. I mean, that's the kind of real, like, professional, de- like, that's a professional community mm-hmm. that I just don't see nearly as often, um, when I'm, when I'm in conventional schools now. Yes. And I think that that allowed me, um, to grow. As a as a young service teacher, much more quickly than I would have yeah. otherwise. Right. So this is already your uh, side of the experience. So it's true comradeship, if you could say so, for the for the children, for the students. But it's also something that is felt among um, the team, the the teachers. And I I totally understand what you mean. And it's oh, it was always an impression I had myself. So that was quite a unique thing to un, to experience something that is yeah not very common i think even especially now where I, I, that's something that is ref- given back to me as information very often by students that they are lacking this type of um emotional um, experience yeah but talking about the positive aspects i'm sure there are also some tough moments so what would you say what is the hardest to overcome on a trip like that yeah so this is something i when i interview students uh i often tell them okay there's going to be a section in here where i'm going to do a lot of the talking right and that section is when i talk to students about really what is hard what is difficult what is challenging about the program um you know, and then just speak quite honestly and candidly about what will be expected of them. So, you know, I I start out with physically what is difficult or demanding about the program, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's going to start right at home. Students pack their bags and they realize they cannot bring all the things that yeah. they want to bring. <laughs> Limited right? space. So immediately, you know, you have to start making choices, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, It comes from a very practical um, motivation, you know. However, I do think it does teach us about, like, what we really need, you know, what we can let go of, what we can be happy without, and how letting go of some of those things actually uh, drives, yeah, more satisfaction within within us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just being a bit minimalistic with our, our belongings and with our stuff. Um, that's an adjustment that students have to make. Students have to adjust, um, you know, just their, their the physical things that keep them regulated. So sleep, yes. right, is such a big one. And we talk about sleep so much with young people. Um, and so they have, our students have broken sleep. They are up. Um, every student stands two hours of night watch every night that they're mm-hmm. at sleep, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, and so that means that students are experiencing broken sleep throughout the semester, um, where, like I said, they're really carrying the responsibility, like they're carrying responsibilities that we don't typically expect of young people. Yes. So, uh, that's, mm-hmm. so managing that, um, managing, you know, new hygiene routines. Um, that's a big one, right? Just to get used to like communal shower, well, like a communal kind of sharing. Yes. 
um, you know, I shouldn't say communal first, but you know, get used to a communal washroom space, um, you know, yeah. to practice that kind of water conservation that's required when you're yeah. on a sailboat with very limited resources. Of course, we have the ability yeah. to make fresh water every day, but there's not a, we can't make an infinite amount of water. Yeah, every the day awareness for the resources. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, I think diet is another one that I often speak about and, and we lose, we, we relinquish some of the choice in our diet, right? Yes. Um, we're super accustomed to being able to really like open the fridge at whatever time we want. Mm. Um, we're going to the pantry and like nourish our body with the food that we chose. Um, you know, and I think that when we take that choice away from ourselves and, you know, we just surrender to saying like, okay, these are the meals that I'm eating, you know, and of course the program is always, our intention is to provide lots of food, healthy food, you know, to students. So um, they are well nourished, but it's not always what they want. And I noticed that myself. Yes, After yes. I'm on board for two weeks at a time, I think like, gosh, I just want to get out of here and like make my own breakfast at 10 o'clock in the morning, not seven o'clock in the morning. Like that's when I want to eat. So, yeah. um, you know, just, uh, yeah, kind of surrendering to the community, the needs of the community and putting them before your own individual needs. That's a challenge. Yes, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, another one of the challenges is the schedule. So students carry all this responsibility, like all the responsibilities that they're very used to, uh, that come with being a student, you know, to go to class, to engage, to participate, to invest the time and effort and energy outside of class to complete their homework. Um, all of these responsibilities are expected of them. They are also, not only are they t- students, they are tall ship crew members. You know, we call mm. them student trainees. Yes. Um, and they are learning how to sail and operate a tall ship. You can't operate a tall ship with five you need a large group of students to move a vessel from yeah. you know yeah. the European side of the Atlantic Ocean to the South American side of the Atlantic Ocean. You know, it's they are necessary um, and important in that. So they have a lot of responsibility in that, um, and so juggling. And then they have responsibility just as community members. You know, yes. they're all living on board. There is no janitor, right? They all have routines. Yeah, they take care of each other and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, meeting the demands of being a student, okay, I've met my expectations as a student, I've met my expectations, uh, you know, as a Tulship crew member, I've met my expectations as a community member, Um, you know, there's all of these different domains in which they are being required to meet expectations, and I think uh, that that is a challenge for students, you know, mm. um, one that I, and I am always incredibly impressed, even when they fall short, you know, because inevitably students will, you know, we all will as staff, we, you know, sometimes fall short, but, um, I'm always so impressed with the, the efforts that they put in and then, you know, this, how they strive to meet the mark here, here, you mm. know, in, in each of these domains. Yes. So I think that, it, it requires a lot of self-discipline, you know, yes. and I think that that's a challenge. You know, I always say to students, self-discipline is hard because you either don't have it and you're constantly behind and feeling that anxiety of, you know, I got to get this in on time or self-discipline is hard because you do have it and it's not easy to practice it. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, uh, as through own personal experience, I mean, not myself, but uh, the the stories that I I was told from by my son, right, and then also from his fellow students. And yes, I know that there are lots, uh, many lessons to be learned, and that they get a lot out of it. Uh, but it's very demanding as well at that age, and. Uh, they can be very proud um, if they have um, managed to live up to all the things that you mentioned right now, which is obviously something they will grow a lot during the time they spend on board, and they will have lasting ex um, impressions and experiences for a lifetime, right? So is this what is re the most rewarding for you in order to do this job, which is, I can imagine, also demanding in terms of um, that you don't, that you leave your, your house for a long time, that you spend time with the, that you're also living on restrict, in a restricted area. So what is the most rewarding for you? Yeah, uh, again, I think it's the same things as that bring reward to the student. Um, I think that staff have in many ways, like those same expectations of, um, you know, they have their professional, the, the professional delivery of their courses, um, and they have the responsibility of, like, mentorship and, and guidance to the students, um, and and they also have the responsibility of, of being good community members and contributing to the successful functioning uh, of the ship, and so, and amidst that all, again, they are just experiencing this a sense of community, mm -hmm. right? A very strong sense of community that, like, I belong here. And so I think, you know, for myself, that's what kept me involved in the program. As I said, it was maybe the travel that uh, attracted me, but that's really is not, uh, although I still very much enjoy, you know, experiencing new parts of the world and, and peeling back the layers of places that I've visited many times, you know, that still brings me an enormous amount of satisfaction. Um, but I don't think it would have been enough to hold me there. Um, but like I said, the sense of belonging does. Mm -hmm. And Sabine, if I could just talk like really, um, well, briefly about one more component of challenge um, for the yes, students, because I please. actually mm -hmm. kind of, uh, I think it's quite important. So, you know, I kind of start with like the physical components of challenge, and then I kind of move into these like, time constraints and responsibility, but the last or like the highest challenge or like one of the greatest challenges that I think students experience is um, it is learning how to allow themselves to be fully seen. Oh, so I think okay. that mm -hmm. in our, we have all kind of evolved, you know, in our own lives, where we go out into the world and we present, you know, a, a certain image of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We show up to work and we are this person at work and then we show up, you know, with our, our friends and our social circles and we're this person. Um, and, and we're able to, you know, come home at the end of the day and those, you know, our emotional selves, you know, we sometimes like, we say, okay, like now I can be emotional here at home, but you know, in my bedroom with my, you know, tea and the whatever. Um, 
But on class afloat, students move from, you know, just being able to show this amount of self. Like, they have to. They can't copy who they are. So um, mm, yeah. students will inevitably, and staff, like, they're going to be tired some days. There are some days they will be frustrated. Some days they will respond to a situation not in the way that they would have hoped they would. They will be, or that, you know, somebody will respond to them in a way that they wouldn't have hoped. They'll have conflict. And all of it's just kind of like out there, right? You can't hide any of it. And what it calls for is, you know, there's a lot of social emotional energy involved in that. Um, and if students are kind of walking around the ship or the, like the shipboard community, um, only showing this amount, it doesn't last very long. You know, there's a lot of energy that it takes for them to just kind of mm. only show up this way. Um, and so, being able to really like truly be themselves and then, and then manage the fallout of that. Right. When I haven't showed up and been my best self, do I still have a place here? Am I still accepted? Am I forgiven or like, am I, can I forgive other people for not showing up as their best selves? How do I respond to all of that? And that's what actually creates this sense of acceptance and belonging. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that I can mess up, I can make a mistake, I'm still emotionally supported. Um, Authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and I can be vulnerable here. I can, you know, I, mm -hmm. I can give myself permission to be frustrated in this moment, yes. you know, yes. and, and then I can also honestly communicate that frustration instead of passive aggressively communicating that frustration. Right? Absolutely. I um, totally understand. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like students are trying at, at, at the beginning, they are passively, you know, aggressively communicating that frustration, but it doesn't last long. You know, at some point it cracks. And, and that's also a lot of the work that we do with students is, is really like working around how to have those honest conversations, how to ask for help when they need it, um, you know, how to manage conflict, um, Yeah. And I, so I think those, those are challenges um, and they're challenges on day one and they're challenges on like the very last day. Um, but I, again, I really think that those are the challenges that make it so worthwhile. And that, like I said, create this, this incredible sense of belonging on board. So, yes, thank you for, yeah, um, elaborating on this point, because I think I totally understand what you mean. And I think that is really one of the kernel elements and also of personal development. And if you have a chance at that age to experience this and to, to be able to work on this, I think that's a great opportunity. And um, yes, thank you for sharing all your experiences that you have gathered over 10 years, which I think is a lot of time and has surely given you... Um, Lots of experiences with the work um, of, together with the students, and I'm really happy to uh, have your personal um, statement here and to discuss it personally with you. So thank you very much for your time, and I'm so grateful that the internet lasted. <laughs> and also, your dog, your baby dog, cooperated. Uh, I, I, that was really a very successful session. Thank you so much, and. Um, I hope that um, you will be able to continue with that program, COVID permitting. I'm sure things will 
develop positively in the near future so that uh, lots of other students will have the chance to attend and well we keep in touch and thank you so much and um, enjoy the rest yeah. of your lovely day which just started in Nova Scotia which is almost ending here in Germany thank you so much Megan and I talk to you uh, again you. Super, thanks, all right bye bye